Welcome to Afraid Not. I'm Joel McCormick. I'm Robin Wall. And today on today's episode, this is episode seven, and we talk to Dawn Hamilton. She is such a fun person. I'm so excited that you all get to hear from her. And she's actually my next door neighbor. So she didn't have very fun, very far to count. Yeah, she didn't have to interview. Because <laughs> yeah. we're sitting at Robin's kitchen table, so that was really easy. And just so you don't have a picture of a perfectly clean house, just to let all you listeners know, it's pretty messy today. <laughs> just keeping <laughs> it real. But we are so glad that you're listening in. We are excited to tell you um, that you're going to be able to hear a message of hope today and of strength through Dawn's story. Dawn is a speech pathologist. She used to work in the school system, and now she works with autistic students. And her journey through her daughter's health, as she and her husband have been carrying them through and supporting them through some pretty significant health journey, things that have happened to them, has been really encouraging to hear, and I'm we're excited that you get to be here today. So here we go with Afraid Not. Hi Dawn, thanks for coming. Thank you guys for having me. We're so glad to have you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us like a snapshot of what your life looks like. All right, um, I've been married to Nathan for 19 years. And we have three miracles. We have Taylor, who's 14, Kennedy, who's 11, and Reese, who is 7. And you said you're married 19 years, so when is your 20th anniversary going to be? August 7th. Which is my birthday. I always remember that. Yes, very special day. (laughs) You have nothing to do with me, but... (laughs) We don't. Not yet. So that will be really great, a 20-year anniversary. I know, it's very exciting. Very blessed. So how did you meet Nathan? We met at NSU. Uh, we had a uh, common friend that Shannon Wadey that wanted us to uh, meet each other. And it was funny because he was going to introduce us, but Nathan refused for that to happen. And so he came up and introduced himself at a water fountain um, in the fitness center at Northeastern. So, and it's, the rest is history. <laughs> Oh, that's so sweet. So he just came up and introduced himself to you instead? He did. He had me at, hi, my name's Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> and we dated, um, it was my birthday, actually, his best birthday present Love ever. That. And so we dated for about eight or nine months and then got engaged and we've been married, ever, just happily married. Have, we've had some ups and downs, but. Well, I'm, who has? As we all right. have, yeah. <laughs> I'm very, very blessed to be married to him. He's, he's wonderful. That's so great. What is about a snapshot of your kids? What are kind of personality for each one? Okay. Um, we don't have a passive child in the group. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor is, um, she is strong-willed, um, wonderful, loving, um, very bold for Christ. Um, right now she wants to be um, a youth minister, which would be really exciting. Wow. And she... Um, is a little bit of a perfectionist, so we kind of work on that at times with her not being, you know, that life isn't perfect. And um, But she's loving, she's bold, um, she's very much like Nathan, she's very much a firstborn, mm-hmm. very brave, um, not really scared of anything, loves to speak in public, loves to speak at church and teach in front of people, and then there's Kennedy, and she is our um, free spirit. Um, middle child. Yes. She <laughs> fits in perfect even before she was a middle child. 
She um, lives life to the fullest. She's very witty, um, a little bit ornery at times, and um, but she keeps us on her toes. And then there's Reese, and I think she just watches the other two and just... <laughs> <laughs> is you know pretty flexible mm-hmm. and um but she's um a beautiful mixture of just she's really sweet and very serving and um honoring a little bit too <laughs> and like I said she's none of them are passive so they're all very that's fun little strong willed yeah. in their own ways but but wonderful I mean they're just they're amazing so I'm glad that we were chosen to be their parents yeah so tell us about your job Okay. I, I used to work at Hudson Elementary for mm-hmm. 12 years, and I'm a speech pathologist. And then um, felt like the Lord was calling me other places. Um, for the last four and a half years, I have been at Paths to Independence. It's a private autism school in Bartlesville. Oh, wow. And so I love that. Yeah. Um, it's really fun. Um, teaching kids that um, social skills, or we work on, because um, some kids are nonverbal, and so we have communication devices for them, mm-hmm. and just, or just working on language skills and things like that. It's it's fun. I love it. What are the ranges of the ages of your students? We have um, preschool. The youngest is five, and then it goes all the way up to adults, so 22, and we have adult programming for them, and they go out and work in the community, and we try to integrate them into the community with different um, job skills mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's awesome. It's Making cool. such a difference yes, for those I people. Love it. And it's funny. It's such a God thing because I used to work with Claire Bartley at Hudson. Mm-hmm. And she's, we started the autism program there when I first got out of college. And then um, she's the one that opened up a school in Bartlesville. So now I get to work oh, with her neat. again. So that's kind of nice. That's fun. Yes. Yeah. So I enjoy working with her. I'd also love for you to tell us about what neat thing that you started doing recently at our church that you that you just felt God put it on your heart. And I just love what you're doing. Okay. Yes. Um like I said, he has been calling me out of my comfort zone lately. The Lord has. And um, we started a sensory room at our church. And so families um, with children with sensory needs or just special needs or autism or just if they have difficulty going to service, um, they can bring them to the sensory room on Sundays and they can go to service as a family. And we get to love on those kids. And it's been really neat to see the youth step up. And serve in there. And, I mean, it's it's exciting to see kids who think they possibly maybe have a future in, right. you know, in special needs or in special education or something, you know, maybe physical therapy or, um, but they just, they have really great servant hearts and they've been wonderful with those kids. So that's been really fun and a blessing. Yeah, and I've heard some of our youth talk about it. I mean, like at school and stuff, like yes. working in the sensory room and. They're, how cool that is for them. They're amazing. I'm so thankful for them. And then we have it available on Wednesday nights also. And we have um, different couples that have stepped up to volunteer on Wednesday nights too. So I'm very thankful for them too because it just makes it possible for the families to go to Bible study, to come to church, you know, together yeah. as a family instead of having to one mm-hmm. comes for the first service right. and the other comes for the second service or having to leave early because the kids, you know, can't. Mm-hmm. It's just too much maybe yeah. to stay in through service and mm-hmm. stuff. So. I think that has made such a big difference for families that would otherwise be missing out completely on church or feeling like they're really just getting not really the full experience. I'm so thankful that you answered that call to obedience and what a difference you're making. Oh, it's, thank you. And it's it a was big need. Kenny, Kenny Kemp, right? That's I'm mm-hmm. saying that. Okay, because I'm and then um, Grant are the ones that did it, and they and then Amber Hedler 
um, threw me under the bus and gave them my name. <laughs> thanks, Amber. I know, thanks, Amber. And, um, but I'm glad she did because it, it, it got me out of my comfort zone and, um, and I was able to help and so, and then kind of take over and, and lead that ministry. So that's been a blessing. We have Amber on podcast number one if you want to yeah, go back and listen to that. Right. Yeah. She's, she's got a great story to share. So that's pretty cool. I like how that came full circle there. Yes. <laughs> so did you always want to go into speech therapy? No, that's really funny. So I went to NSU. Um, I played basketball there a couple of years. And then I thought I would be, I wanted to do accounting, which is really oh, different. funny. Right, because yeah. it really doesn't fit my personality I would at never all. guess that you picked accounting. But I, I was an accounting major, too, for about we're, one no, day. No, you yes, were not. For about one day. Uh, <laughs> one day. And when I told my um, comp one teacher what I was, she said, oh, no, that's, no, and then um, <laughs> when you take, oh, what is it, freshman um, orientation, you take mm-hmm. the little test in there. Like the and careers it t- test, yes, yeah. yes, and it kind of gives you some careers, and it was funny because I didn't really know anything about speech pathology, and then, but when I took the personality and things that I like to do, that came up, and I thought, oh, okay, so the more I learned about it, the more I thought, oh, that's kind of fascinating and sounds like something I would enjoy doing, mm-hmm. so accounting to speech pathology. <laughs> <laughs> And if you saw our checkbook, you would be glad that I'm not an account. <laughs> I'm not a checkbook balancer. That's well, that was never a thought of mine. And yes. hats off to accountants. I think that mm-hmm. they, they are, are fantastic. Yes. But the fact that I was thinking I would be a good one makes me laugh. Me too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Nathan will spend time searching for that extra penny, and I just, you know, like, I don't care. Yeah, I'm like, it's close enough. It's, it's all right. Fine. Yeah, it's in the ballpark. It'll work. <laughs> Well, so what are some things that you've learned as a parent, just raising kids and um, striving to lead them to walk with the Lord, and just some things that maybe you and and Nathan have discovered as parents that have been helpful, or things that you would like, oh, I wish we could do that again, or anything like that? Right. I think um, teaching them to, things I've learned, just teaching them to um, listen to God's calling on their life, and that... He is, you know, the author, not us, and um, that, sorry, um, that we don't always have to understand his plan for them, mm-hmm. um, or, or not, we don't have to understand it, but we have to trust it, mm-hmm. just for what we've kind of dealt with the last couple of years, um, and training them just to to know that he loves them and that he wants the best for them mm-hmm. and that he's always there and uh, and that sometimes he'll call you to do things that you don't want to do but you're to be obedient and and do it like when we we changed churches um a while back and we felt called to change and taylor was not crazy about that idea but mm-hmm. but then now years later she sees you know that the lord was calling us and that that we were supposed to be obedient and do that mm-hmm. and so I think that has been um, something that we've learned. Um, disciplining is, you know, always interesting. Sure. And just oh learning that God. each one has a different personality and kind of how to manage that as a couple um, has been challenging at times just because we have three, you know, pretty different personalities and mm-hmm. all of that too. So um, I know that you all have had a whole lot of journey and you're not through, you're walking it. You're walking the journey. Right. With with in particular two of your kids' health. So I would just love for you to tell us, tell our listeners about the journey you've been on, how God's met you in it, mm-hmm. the lessons he's taught you, 
and you know the good, bad, and the ugly. I'm sure it's not all easy and right. Both tied nicely on top. Right. So. Um, another thing I was thinking of something that we've learned is just I think when they're young and you have children, you want to kind of protect them from everything, and we've learned that we can't do that. Mm-hmm. That we can't right. fix everything and we can't protect them from everything, and that even things we don't want them to endure, or sometimes we want them to face natural consequences. Right. As, and But then other times, you know, we want to take it from them, and, and we just can't. Mm-hmm. So that's been um, probably the biggest lesson we've learned over the last few years. But um, last few years have been, um, they've been tough, but so much blessing has also come from that too. We, and um, Kendi was born, our middle child was born with a congenital heart defect, and in 2014, she needed um, her first open heart surgery. So we... Um, did you know even before she was born about the congenital heart defect, or did you find out after she was born? We did not. Um, we actually did not find out until she was 18 months old. Wow. Oh, okay. And we um, changed pediatricians mm-hmm. oh. because we just were tired of driving yeah. into Tulsa. Mm-hmm. And the Wasso Pediatric and adolescent mm-hmm. opened up out here and um, they had really great hours and great doctors and so we changed um, to a doctor there and first um, appointment with him at 18 months he listened to her and he said well that's really funny because it's strange because I didn't see anything in her records that she has a really strong heart defect or heart murmur I'm sorry really and of course I said no she doesn't <laughs> <laughs> you must be listening at the, yeah. the, this is another child right or no, something. you know I know no she doesn't <laughs> because I'd had her you know we had had her at all the well child checkups right. and all of that and you know um it had just been missed from wow. her previous wow. pediatrician so we did not know before she was born but what a blessing that we changed yeah because oh, yes. so many of them go undetected and so I mean I'm thankful that the Lord prompted us to change. Mm-hmm. So she didn't have to have a heart surgery, though, till a long time after, right? Right. She was later. seven. Okay. Right. So around um, four years of age, um, actually that May when we were having Reese, mm-hmm. um, we were looking at her facing her first open heart surgery. Her ventricle was enlarging, and she was born with um, bicuspid aortic valve. So the valve was failing, and it was causing the left ventricle to enlarge. And so, but um, her cardiologist, Dr. Lunt, who we love and we're so thankful for, she put her on a uh, heart medication. Mm -hmm. And so that bought her about three years before she had to have, you know, before the medication wasn't. Oh, yes, very. Because at that time, she probably would have been facing her second surgery. You know, if she would have had one at four, probably seven or eight she would have been facing a second one so we were thankful that at age seven it was her first yeah so so that process when she was seven years old you all made the decision this time we're doing this right we went to the the appointment and Dr. Lunt um I'm really thankful that day my parents came to the appointment which they had never come and um but we knew we were getting close and it was um Kenny didn't really like to be in the room when we talked about it with Dr. Lunt. And so we had sent her out to be with my parents after all the echo and everything. They had looked at her EKG. And so she came in and Kendi wasn't in there and she was, and Dr. Lunt talked to Nathan and I about it and told us, and it's kind of, now we laugh about it because it's kind of like the um, Charlie Brown teacher. 
Yeah, when, you just heard wah, 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 yes. wah, 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 when she comes yes. in and starts telling us, and that's just kind of what you start yeah. hearing is, and so I remember Nathan. I can't remember. I think I was already sitting down, um, because I think I kind of knew it was coming. We laugh because Nathan says I'm doom and gloom, and then he's rainbows <laughs> and puppy dogs. Yeah, and so we kind Literal of balance puppy dogs. each other. Yes. He brought the family surprise puppy dog one time. Yes, didn't he? yes. <laughs> right after we had potty trained Reese, I was so excited. Surprise! Yes, oh, I was so excited. Potty trained again. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to derail you. So. No, that's okay. Yeah, anyway, it's okay. so. Um, Anyway, so we just, I mean, it was, it's kind so of So you like, heard open heart surgery and then it was just shut down? Yes. Everything else? Yes, yeah. Charlie Brown, teacher mm-hmm. voice. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so she talked to us about the options, and uh, we sent Kenny's records off a couple different places, um, Boston, um, Oklahoma City, and then she had recommended um, St. Louis to us. And that, this is really cool, because I think, um, you know, in the midst of the storm, and you just really cry out to the Lord, where, I mean, where is he and can he Mm -hmm. give you answers and guidance? And so we had sent, and it was funny because it seemed like it was three years, but it was like 20 days, I think, but we sent her records off and then, um, just waiting to see which procedure we were going to choose. And on the day that we got her records back from, or a response back from Boston, they wanted to do something that we weren't crazy about. Um, they wanted to do a repair, and we didn't want to try to repair her valve because we felt like it wouldn't last very long, and she would just be facing another one. Mm-hmm. And in all of our research, um, repairs weren't very successful, and it wasn't what Dr. Lunt recommended, and we trusted her. But on the day that we got back the information from Boston, and then we made the decision that we were going to St. Louis to Dr. Huddleston, this was my devotion. Um, it just kind of talks about how you're trying to discern which way you should go. And it says, when you actually arrive at a choice point, I will show you which direction to go. And then some of the scripture mm-hmm. that went with it is like Psalm 32, 32, 8, where it says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go, and I will counsel and watch over you. So I just wrote that in there. That's so cool. That day. He did instruct you. I know. And right Nathan then. and I came home that night, and we were like, how cool is that? I yeah. mean, that, he, that that was our devotion that day. And so crying out to him in the midst of the storm, it's neat how he has shown up in mighty, mighty ways Mm -hmm. at times. Mm -hmm. So another time was um, Kennedy had had surgery and we had come home. And I I think nothing, um, Tracy Webster has been just amazing, an amazing friend Mm -hmm. for me Mm -hmm. and um, so, so helpful to us. She's also walked that. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she told me, when you come home, you won't, you'll never be the same. And, and she's right. And mm-hmm. in some ways, um, it's better. <laughs> I'm better. In some ways, I'm kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. And, um, but uh, we, she had had the surgery, and then we went back for her echoes and things um, after she had endured all of that, they weren't looking like they wanted them to. And so Dr. Lent was like, well, I don't know, you need to come back in a few weeks. And so I remember coming home that day, and I don't know if I should say this or not, but I was, I was angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you should um, say, you say whatever you want on this podcast. Okay. You like, should say it. That's what I you're was, honestly, you, were, you went through. Right. So yeah. share it. So yeah. I was really angry, and um, I was just 
praying to the mm-hmm. Lord and saying, you showed us this way. This is, you know, we were sure that you wanted us to be in St. Louis and that we chose the Ross procedure. And I just, I don't understand this and mm-hmm. why things aren't looking okay. Right. And so we had to go back in, I don't know, maybe like less than a month for our next echo. And I just, you know, was crying out for him to give us a sign that we had understood correctly and that she was going to be okay. And so we walk in and this angel comes out and her name's Kelly Griffin. <laughs> and she says, hi, I'm, I'm a new echo tech here. And I um, had the Ross procedure just like Kennedy. Oh and my I goodness. have never met anybody that um, had the same procedure as me. And so this is so cool for me too. And so now she and Kennedy are like, best buds yeah um they must have meant so much to Kennedy oh it did and I mean Nathan and I are just you know trying not to cry but crying because I mean we both had prayed and uh just for him to give us a sign and that you know that he would just reaffirm Mm -hmm. our decision and it was just amazing for Kelly to come out and um and just for God to show up to Mm -hmm. use her in that way the way that he does so Mm. it's amazing so what all did Kennedy actually go through um, as her body underwent the surgery? What did they do in the surgery? Okay, she had the Ross procedure. So they um, take her pulmonary valve and they use it as her new um, aortic valve. And then she has a cadaver valve for a donor valve for her pulmonary valve. Wow. Wow. So the Ross is a little controversial because you take a one valve problem and you make it two Mm -hmm. valves Mm -hmm. so I mean it's hard to choose that but then for girls it's recommended because they don't have to be on Coumadin and they Mm -hmm. don't have to have a mechanical valve and all of that which brings different challenges later in life right you're thinking down the road right you're thinking for their future right was this an open heart surgery yes wow yes so she was in I can't remember exactly how long it took. I should know that. But it seemed like days, um, six to eight hours. So is how long the surgery took. And they would call and give us updates and um, uh, just let us know how she was doing and, you know, how things were going. And mm-hmm. it was a long, mm-hmm. a long day. What were some of the scriptures or prayers or things that really got you through that day, those weeks? What right. were some of those? Um have them right here they and I remember telling Dr. Huddleston too uh, that I knew we were in the right place no matter no matter what happened you know that she was Mm -hmm. in the right hands and that the Lord had led us to him and um and he was fantastic with her but God there's a lot of them um as far as scriptures um Proverbs 3 5 through 6 has really helped me when it just talks about trusting the Lord with all your heart and lean out on your own understanding. Mm-hmm. And then um, the verse in Daniel, when it talks about, um, even if you don't, when it's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that, um, you know, even if they didn't save them from the fiery yeah. furnace, that they would still believe praise. and, yes, and praise. Because when you're walking and um, walking her up to those, we got to walk her to the OR. Um you know, Nathan and I, we we couldn't sustain each other at that point. I mean, it was um, just God and our church family lifting us up. And um, we had members from our church drive up and surprise us just to sit mm-hmm. with us 
in the waiting room, and that that meant so much. And we had just, I mean, our whole community really just praying for us and um, texting a scripture, you know, throughout the day and throughout the days that we were there. And then when we came home and she was recovering, and that's what you need during that time. Mm-hmm. So to help you get through it. It's really beautiful. Another scripture um, that was really special to me is Isaiah 43, 2. And I have this, uh, my cousin, it was so funny, she said, I didn't know she sent us um, just an envelope, and it was just full of index cards with scriptures written in it. Because she said, I didn't know, I don't know what to say, and when I don't have words, I just write scripture. And so she just sent us all these scriptures. So I just went around the house. And just taped them in different that's places. That's perfect. And that's a great idea it for the rest such... of us when you don't know what to do or what to say to just do yes. that. Yes. That's the best idea. Mm-hmm. She did. She just sent. I mean, it was a thick envelope. And she said, I don't have words. And I don't want to try to say something, you know, to make it better when I can't. And so she just sent all these scriptures. And so I just went and I put them in the girls' bathroom. Or I mm-hmm. put them um, just what I felt like each one of them needed. Reese was really young. So she was kind of oblivious right. if we could all just be Reese's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she's kind of oblivious to it all um but it was hard on Taylor too um being the oldest yeah. and yes. being protective mm-hmm. yes well and at times feeling a little forgotten mm-hmm. sometimes it's hard to be the sibling of um, someone who's sick right yes yeah. so that I've learned a lot through that too Kelly Wehunt was really good mm-hmm. with her and came and reached out to her because she had had kind of a similar situation so I'm so thankful for all the people in our lives that just had been in a similar situation or you know came and lifted us up or mm-hmm. and it's just amazing how God just even for everybody in that situation kind of brings somebody along for each person yes yes like Darby for Nathan mm-hmm. Tracy for me and yes it was amazing to see how he just used different people for us. Mm-hmm. And not just those people, but I mean everybody. Right. Yeah. So, because we, at one point I was sitting in the hospital, I remember I was, we were going to have to um, bathe Kennedy for the first time after her surgery. And I mean, she's just beaten and bruised and, you know, mm-hmm. cut up and she was scared. And, um, and I'll never forget, you texted me um, mm-hmm. and just said, hey, I'm praying for you. And I, because I was sitting in the room thinking, I can't do this. I have no strength. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know that I can make it through this. And you texted me and just said, I'm praying for you. I'm praying, you know, and it was just that timing. Wow. Of, I, I mean, I needed known, that. I would never have known that that was right when the Lord knew you needed that. Right. But I'm so glad. Yes. So it's it's neat how he puts places out on people's hearts and they follow through with it. And then it gets you through the next moment mm-hmm. that you don't yeah. think you can make it through. <laughs> so... So how's Kennedy today? Great. She, you wouldn't really know. She um, is fiery and um, full of life, and she lives life to the fullest. And um, She's very athletic, too. Yes, she's very athletic. She plays softball and golf and just loves to be outside doing things and um, lives, you know, Nathan and I say she goes 110 miles an hour. You <laughs> she's making <know>? up. <laughs> yes, yeah. she is. So and she's happy, um, but I mean, there's moments that are that are hard too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of behind the scenes moments that are hard, and I think that's one mistake that we made earlier on. I think more me than Nathan. Um, I was trying to always be the cheerleader and the encourager and be positive, and and I still I still am that. But um, Nathan went to a, a professional conference in New Orleans, and I think his name was Sean Stevenson. 
he was born with different disabilities, and he talked about how his parents allowed him time every day for a little bit um, of kind of self pity, mm-hmm. but he couldn't wallow in it. Right, but, but he, he was this allowed, much time. Yes, he was allowed like ten or fifteen minutes a day if needed, or maybe a little bit more. Some days we, some days we, you know, double up, mm-hmm. or some days we don't need it at all. But and then his parents just kind of got in the mud with him Mm -hmm. so that has been helpful at times just to when they're having a moment um of just you know it's not fair I don't you know I don't want to do this um I don't want to face this anymore I want it to go away we just get in the bed and talk about how awful it is how it isn't fair Mm -hmm. and just cry with them just affirm that yeah this isn't great right Yeah. yeah and then but um that that really also probably gives a validation of my parents get this, that it's yes. not what I wanted. But I love it that you then, as she's been able to have so much joy in her daily life, she's a happy girl. I mean, what a great example that she is not sitting around just feeling sorry for herself all the time. Right. No way. Right. She is she is going and blowing. Right. <laughs> I think um, I went to a... Um, Bible study. I think Julie Musser was teaching it, and um, it was after. I mean, fast forward a little while, and then it was after we were facing the things with Reese, and um, which we'll talk about in a minute. <laughs> yes, and I was I was really down, and because um, I felt like we had just kind of gotten over Kennedy's situation, and but I think that I think it was entrusted. I think it was by Beth Moore. Is that what it's called? And um, it was so good because she talked about that scripture um, in Acts. It was. Acts 14, 19, when Paul went and he was beaten and then he went out and the disciples gather around him and he got strength and he got back up and he went back into the city and furthered the gospel. And that was so good for me because Beth Moore touched on that. And it's called she, Entrusted, yeah. Okay, I couldn't remember. Yeah, and um, and she and Beth Moore talked about it in that she said, when life keeps knocking you down, you know, what do you do? And she said, you just keep getting back up just like Paul did in that scripture. Mm. So with Kennedy and Reese or Taylor or Nathan and I, even we, um, you know, we'll allow that little bit of time if we need it. And then we just get back up like mm-hmm. Paul did and just mm-hmm. keep going. Awesome. And what is the prognosis for her later? For Kennedy? Mm-hmm. for Kennedy? Um, I mean, it's kind of living in the unknown, Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's good. Like right now, we went back in December, and it was that she can try out for the school softball team, which we didn't think she'd be able to oh, do. Yeah, so that's so exciting. Blessing. Good. Um, and so, but it's still, you know, Dr. Lent said, but then that could change, mm-hmm. you know, depending on your situation. So it's always just the unknown. Mm-hmm. And that's where I struggle, I think, the most is the unknown. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. where, you know, the enemy kind of attacks my mind and my right, thoughts. Right. And, um, mm-hmm. So the armor of God has been huge um, for us just to daily get up and be in the word and, you know, put on the armor of God, mm-hmm. activate it with prayer, and um, and to go to battle against the enemy every mm-hmm. day because he really attacks you um, when during times like that. And he apparently attacks us through our children. <laughs> it's, yeah. It seems. Oh, seems so unfair. Right. He's, he's, he's a mean, mean enemy. Yes. <laughs> what are some things that has, has Kennedy um, arrived at some of her own, standing on her own faith through this? 
She has. Has, she, um, has it been a hard journey for her? Has she been mad too? Or you know, Yes, she has. I mean, she has been very mad at times. And, um, the, and she's starting to get older, so she'll open up a little bit more um, about things now. Or she has um, more mature questions now about her surgery than she did when she was seven. Mm-hmm. And so that is tough at times. Um, I'm trying to think. I think it was back in December, and I called my mom. I was just crying, and I cried to Nathan. But I was in the kitchen doing dishes, and she said something to the effect of, that when she, it was near her appointment, so conversations kind of always come up during that, but she said something about when, when she would get scared before her surgery and think about if she was going to die, that she Mm -hmm. would just think, well, if I do, I'll be with the Lord, and that'll be okay, and so I'm doing dishes, (laughs) and you know, I just told Nate that night, and I didn't cry in front of her then, but later that night, I just went into the bedroom, and um, just kind of broke down, you know, and shared with Nate what she said. And we just talked about how, and she asked me if I was worried, you know, that she mm-hmm. was going to go to heaven. And I said, well, I just thought that God had you in his hands and I just mm-hmm. trusted him. And so, but those conversations get a little, they're getting more mature now that she's getting older mm-hmm. than when she was seven. Because mm-hmm. at seven, it was, she just asked you know, a few questions about it, and we only answer the ones that she asked. <laughs> well, wouldn't it be like the Lord to have all kinds of, of beautiful things that he's going to do in her life? Right. Because of what she's survived and yes. gone through. So. And that's what we talk about. We talk about that she doesn't have to, she doesn't have to like it, and, um, and she may never understand it this side of heaven, but that she has to trust that he's going to do and allow him to do miraculous things, you know, by using her story and, mm-hmm. and maybe being a Kelly Griffin to somebody right. someday, yeah. you know, yeah. shout out to so. Kelly Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's been, it's been tough, well, but so many blessings along the way. So tell us about what happened um, a couple of years ago now with Reese, or maybe it wasn't two years, however long it was with Reese. Okay. We felt like we were um, ascending up the mountain. We felt like <laughs> Coming out of the storm. Yes, yes. We were so excited. And what's funny is we even talked about how oh, this is going to be a really good year because we had kind of, Kendi had recovered physically and emotionally and she was really strong. And so that September, I think it was September of 2016, Miss um, Ruby that watched Reese um, had noticed that she was having difficulty hearing her. And I said, you know, that's funny because we've noticed that at home too. So we scheduled an appointment, um, took her into the Shoal Center. And I had told Nathan, because we had had Kendi's heart appointment the week before, and I told him he didn't need to go with me. Huge mistake. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and so we go in, and I'm just thinking that she'll need um, tubes or something. And um, when they do the first test, and I realize that she has failed it, and um, he's going to do a more in, you know intense hearing exam, then I'm texting Nate, and I'm like, oh, you should have come here. I, you know, I'm here by myself. And um, now we laugh about it because we had an intern that I think they were probably like, oh, this will be a simple, you know, a simple case. And bless his heart, he didn't know he was getting, like, the heart mom, you know, who had oh, been through. Oh, my goodness. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. So 
he comes in. <laughs> we laugh that he's her audiologist again now. And so we laugh because the eye broke him in. And then <laughs> mm-hmm. so he comes in and gives us the results that Reese um, was born with um, high frequency hearing loss and that she'll need, you know, hearing aids and she needs to go through all these different tests. So we went through about a year of doctor's appointments and things like that. And I mean, I just broke down when he brought me the results and now we laugh about it because you know he says I broke him in so and we can laugh about it but at the time it wasn't really funny no so but now we laugh and he laughs about it with his office staff and things that I that I broke him in and then <laughs> well he first got of all you've just gone through what you had gone through yes and your speech pathologist so you kind right. of know that end of it too yes so I'm sure that was a lot of things at one time it was a lot yeah. It was just too, just too much, to be honest. And how old was Reese that day? She was five. Okay. Yes. So she probably didn't really understand much. No, she didn't. And she'll talk about it now. But you know when you cried? And I just kept telling you it was going to be okay. And yes. <laughs> yes. And remember when you and Dad didn't know that I had? Yes, we remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So she was five. And she was um, still in pre-K. So, yeah, she just was still innocent to it and... I remember you told me she was so excited about the color of her she, new hearing aid. She was. Aww. What was their first pair? Which pink. Was, pink. Pink. She wanted bright pink, yes. right? And she still has the same ones. She'll pick different molds and different mold colors um, each time that we go in when she has new molds made. But she um, so still has like the pink ones. So a like when kids have braces and they get their yes. different color bands. Yes. So she always has different colored ones. She has glow-in-the-dark ones. And so she loves them. So For how them. is she doing with all that now? She does fairly well. Um, really blessed that she um, has a really great team at her elementary school and they um, are just, they're fabulous. They, if there's a problem with their aids, they're trying to troubleshoot that and um, they'll call us trying to troubleshoot it. And I mean, they're just, they're spectacular and she does okay with it every once in a while. A couple weeks ago, she had, you know, a moment where she um, wore them to basketball and she usually doesn't wear them to her sporting things because it's just too loud. She doesn't want to damage them, and they hurt her ears sometimes. And a little girl there noticed that she had them who usually doesn't, you know, she usually doesn't wear them, so they don't know that she has hearing loss. So I think there she just feels like a kid that doesn't have hearing loss because she doesn't wear them, so nobody knows. Mm -hmm. And we forgot to take them out, and a little girl was just curious. She was not being mean or just asked her about them, and that upset her. And so, you know, again, that night, we just kind of got in the mud with her Mm -hmm. and talked about how um, it's not fair and it's a lot to deal with. And but that, you know, after she kind of cried and we got through that, we talked about how she's so blessed to, you know, have the technology and that we know now that she has that and that she does really well with it. I mean, she manages it so well. I mean, she wears them to school every day and she changes the batteries on her own. She's very independent. That's impressive. And she's very, and she has been like that since kindergarten, really. She's, she does really well with them. Wow. So. Were there any special scriptures or things that, or times that you know that, well, God really met us there or, or what in that journey, anything that you wanted to share? Really all of, um, same, kind of the same ones. Um, Isaiah 41.10 is really special to me. Um, talk, a lot of it talks about like fear. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. Uh, any of them that deal with 
that help us with just the unknown mm-hmm. of all of it, with fear and um, anxiety at times, with the unknown, and just the battle, the behind-the-scenes battles that sometimes come up um, that, you know, it's it's not ours, it's God. Mm-hmm. And I know that when I'm feeling really weary from it, that I'm trying to do it on my own, mm-hmm. you know, and not in his strength. So, but he's been there, I mean, the Lord has been there every step of the way with us. Um, it's not really something that we want or that we would ask for, but we also think if he has allowed this and, and we pray for it to change, and if it doesn't, then he has a purpose for it mm-hmm. and that we need to allow him to use us and our story to glorify him and to reach out to others in the same situation or something or similar situation. So what about Taylor? Do you have to get in the, the muck with her sometimes too? I do. With yes. having two siblings? Two siblings with special mm-hmm. circumstances. And because I think there are times that she feels forgotten mm-hmm. or overlooked and so, and, and, and there are times that Nathan and I can't be there for her. So I think that has strengthened her walk mm-hmm. with the Lord because he's, he's always there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and can always be there when her parents sometimes can't be. Yeah. Or are, are messing up and failing at that maybe. As all of us do. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Or when I don't know that she's feeling that way. Right. Um, so she, um, but we talk about her too, you know, with her that he's going to use her in ways. Right. Like she needs to allow it, there's that. There's no telling what she might end up doing right. from all this. Yeah. Right. And that she can really identify and reach out to siblings mm-hmm. where, mm-hmm. you know, we don't know what that feels like. Uh, Nathan and I can reach out and, you know, help parents and stuff, but she can really identify as a sibling what yeah. that is like. Yeah. I think it's pretty valuable to note that you and Nathan, I know you're not perfect parents, but the fact that you've walked this in faith and that your girls have seen it, they have seen through the times of tears, through the times of uh, fears and, and anger, they've seen that God is with you and that you depend on him. That's more valuable than a million sermons that you could ever say to them. Mm-hmm. And it encourages me, too, to remember that Whatever I want my kids to really learn about my walk with the Lord, really what I do is saying a lot more than what I say. True, so yes. I just want to say, well done. I oh, mean, I know you. nobody's perfect, but Don, you've just handled this with a lot of strength, depending on God, walking with him. And I just think that it's meant a lot to your girls, maybe that you'll never even know. Thank you. you know Sometimes I think, oh. <laughs> well, and what about you, Nathan? Has it been has it been easy? Like, has it done anything with your marriage? Has it been right? That's you know we were talking about that before I came over because and we had talked about it in Sunday school one day. Mm-hmm. You know when you say your vows and you talk about in sickness and in health, you're thinking yourself. Yes, yeah, yes. Like I think I will love Nathan through any kind of sickness that he faces or difficulty, and you know, vice versa with me. And you never, I, I never pictured our our it being our children's. Health, health and their circumstances wow. and there's there's the mourning of that and and the life that you wanted for them mm-hmm. that now it looks different mm-hmm. and um and then there's the mourning of the bills that oh, arrive that right. keep coming they just right. keep coming and i mean our people have been so 
gracious to us and generous. I mean, they did a GoFundMe for us. and But it's kind of like you take your Dave Ramsey nest egg out and you just sort of have a little bonfire with it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, sometimes. That's, and it's yeah. just gone. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, where did that go? It's gone. So, but but we've also learned, you know, through that to rely on the Lord and to call out to Him and to, and He has always met us right where we needed, with what we needed. So it's, uh, but I think I've I've learned like through the really good times, we, uh, and Charlie Kern says this. He used to be the pastor. At, first church Mm -hmm. and he says you know through the good times to dig your wells and your faith deep and then Mm -hmm. when the storms come you have to draw upon that because it's too late Mm -hmm. you know when the storm hits you can't start digging it's too late you Mm -hmm. just kind of have to hold on (laughs) yeah and endure it Mm -hmm. and um so that has been a great analogy it's been that's been very helpful to us and and to teach our girls that that you know they need to dig their faith deep and that even if things don't go, you know, the way we had them pictured. That, mm-hmm. But you can still find joy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've learned that joy and grief can take up places. You know, they can both be in my heart. Mm-hmm. But I need to allow the joy to be bigger. I can't let the grief overtake the joy. Right. So I might mean, still have grief at times with the, the circumstances. and But that there's no, there has been no day of all the, and even of the hard, hard days that has been void of joy. I mean, the blessing have, the blessings have far outweighed our circumstances. Well, and that God never wastes it. Like you were saying with Taylor, she's going to be able to reach out to people that none of the rest of you may be able to see. Right. And um, so, like, there's just going to be things through this that you don't have any idea yet. Right. But if, they'll, if they allow it, God can use it for anything. Yes. And that's what we want. Mm-hmm. And Ecclesiastes 3 has a beautiful promise that at times may feel so hard to even wrap our mind around because the circumstances are so different than you would have wanted. And you would never have picked for your daughters to have to go through the steps they've had to walk through. But you know what? God says, if I have said it, I will bring it to pass. Mm-hmm. He says that in Isaiah 46, that in Ecclesiastes, he says... He has made all things beautiful in its time. And what a mystery. Right. And we think, Lord, how can you make anything of this or that? How can you make that? How? But he says, he will make all things beautiful in its time. So, I don't think my subjects and verbs are agreeing. All things beautiful in their time. (laughs) Right? Yes. (laughs) Plural. Anyway, but God does that. He knows at the right time, whether it's that we see it in heaven mm-hmm. or whether it's that we see it years down the road, that he shows us kind of a rainbow in the sky of, do you see that? And that's, that's only God. Right. We would never know all the things he had in store for us if we didn't walk, you know, the path mm-hmm. he has, mm-hmm. even the really, really dark places. Yes. Well, thanks so much for sharing all that. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Do you have any things that you're loving? I do. Um, I've been, I read a lot, um, or when I have time, I uh, have been reading. I've One book I read when we were first going through things was Every Bitter Thing is Sweet, and it's just finding God's goodness in difficulties. 
Mm-hmm. That was a really good book. Um, I've been reading lately Crash the Chatterbox by Stephen Furtick, I think is how you say Oh, oh yeah, Stephen Furtick. Yeah. And that has been really good for me, uh, just training my mind to listen to God's voice above other voices, mm-hmm. above the enemy. Above the noise. Right, mm-hmm. yes. So yeah. that has been a really good book, too. Training the Chatterbox? Um, Crash the Chatterbox. And then somebody, uh, my sister-in-law bought me Hope in the Darkness. Uh-huh. I did that devotion, yeah. and it was really good. And so she bought me that book. So I've started that. that. It's okay. Craig, I don't know how you say it's the is the life. Oh, it's the life church. Craig yes. Rochelle. Oh, Rochelle. There yeah. you go. Thank yeah. you. Awesome. <laughs> I can't think of how to say his last name. So I've just started that. And then I drive to Bartlesville a lot, so I listen to KXOJ, and I listen mm-hmm. to your podcast. Yay! Yay. Yay. Hey, a listener. <laughs> I am. We're excited and to have listeners. Yes. <laughs> and Air One, that helps uh-huh. me. Because sometimes when I'm alone in the car, that's when my mind starts to be attacked, and when the girls aren't with me, or when Nathan's not with me. So I just try to be, immer- you know, in the script, or not in scripture, but the songs, a lot of times, the different songs out there mm-hmm. really speak to me. Yeah. Well, your story has blessed our lives, and I think that every person who's listening to this is going to be be able to take something, some hope and some strength and be encouraged in their walk with the Lord because of what you shared. We're just so thankful that you told your story today, and we love you and love your family, and thanks a lot for sharing and being open with something that may have been a little uncomfortable, but thank you. Thank you for asking me. I appreciate you guys having me. Thanks so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed it. We're so glad you listened. And we want to let you know that the music for our podcast was written by Sean McCormick, Jill's talented husband, and performed by our talented boys, Aiden McCormick and Eric Wall. Thank you, guys. And please remember to rate and review on the Apple iTunes podcast, preferably with a five-star rating. That helps us to get um, for other people to be able to find our podcast. You would also subscribe to our podcast. That would be so great. And you'll never miss an episode. It will come right into your podcast app on your phone. And it would also be a way to build this podcast and let people know about it. So we're so glad you listened. Thanks a lot. You guys, the next episode is this totally different kind of story and conversation. It's kind of a special guest, so you don't want to miss it. So stay tuned. You will want to listen. We hope you have a great day.